Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. Hey, folks. Jonathan Sue here. I'm taking a week off from the podcast, but I wanted to share something from my friends at Macmillan Publishers. A lot of people listen to music and podcasts while they work out, but audiobooks are another great entertainment option for your fitness routine. This week, I'm sharing an excerpt from Pocket Therapy from author and psychotherapist Sarah Crosby. Pocket Therapy is a book designed to help you answer, who am I? What does it mean to be yourself or authentic? In this segment, Sarah discusses a concept called self-talk. I wanted to share this segment in particular because negative self-talk can sometimes get in the way of our fitness goals. If you want to hear more, you can find Pocket Therapy at your local bookstore or online wherever you buy books. I'll be back next week with an episode on whether massage guns, also known as percussive therapy devices, really work. See you then! 3. Self-talk How to be kinder to yourself. You will never speak to anyone more than you speak to yourself in your head. Be kind to yourself. Unknown. Have you ever caught yourself berating something you've done? Perhaps you've been speaking meanly to yourself for simply being yourself. Or putting yourself down for not being smart, funny, slim, good, successful, whatever else, enough. Do you find you compare yourself to others or make assumptions that others don't like you? If so, don't worry, you're not alone. In the pages that follow, we'll look at ways that we can start to change this, including getting to know what stories we've created in our own heads about ourselves, how we talk to ourselves on a day-to-day basis, thinking traps that we tend to fall into, and how we can start to heal our own self-talk so that we generally feel better in ourselves. So let's get going. Our stories about ourselves. We all craft and create a story in our own head about who we are. The tale is usually elaborate and multifaceted. It includes some fundamentals, such as our name, age, background, the job we do, and so on. And it can also include the various roles we play in life, the relationships we've cultivated, what we like, what we loathe, what we hope for in the future, and much more. When we hold our self-story, our self-description, 
lightly and with interest, it can assist us in expressing and explaining aspects of who we are and what we would like out of life. When, on the other hand, we start to hold on to our story too tightly, we can begin to merge with it and feel as if we are solely this story. And this can swiftly conjure up a whole host of issues as we confuse our thoughts for being the very core of who we are. Mental note. When we weave ourselves into the fabric of our story, it gives the narrative influence over our mood and our behaviour. Different types of story. If the story in our head is a critical and self-deprecating one, then the more attached we become to it, the more we risk believing that we are what the negative elements of the story dictate. I am my story, so I am incapable, ugly, stupid, a failure, or whatever else. This is then likely to start affecting our behaviours, which means, for example, that we might not feel confident enough to go for the job we really want. We might not speak up when we've got something to say. We might shy away from people or situations where we risk being vulnerable, and so on. Issues can also arise if we have too positive a self-story. But wait, I hear you say. I thought speaking more kindly to myself was what I should be aiming for. Yes, hopefully by the end of this chapter you will identify areas of your life that could benefit from a positive change in the way you speak to yourself. However, if we hold on too tightly to a very positive self-story, we risk leaving no room for anything outside of this. Say, for example that we hold on too tightly to the idea of being self-sufficient. Self-sufficiency is, of course, often very useful as it can bolster self-trust, self-confidence and independence. But what happens when we need help or support? This is, of course, inevitable as nobody is needless. If our story begins and ends with I am self-sufficient, it leaves no room for the help we're in need of. So instead of reaching out, we might spread ourselves thin and wear ourselves out. Instead of seeking support, we might bottle everything up and become unhappy. The initial positive story of I am self-sufficient becomes a burdensome one of I have to be self-sufficient. Likewise, We run into problems when our ongoing self-story conflicts with our current life experiences. For example, what happens when someone who normally plays the therapist role to other friends and who has started to fuse with this story about themselves begins to burn out and no longer has the energy to be the patient listener that others rely on? This situation might lead to the person thinking, I'm the listener, so I shouldn't be feeling this way. I need to try harder to be there for them. And if they in turn then try to live out this story, they will most likely just get more and more exhausted and potentially also resentful. We can see from all this then that when we weave our sense of self too tightly into the fabric of the story we tell ourselves in our head, it can give our self-story too much influence over our behaviour. However, 
if we can start to bring more conscious attention to both the positive and negative anecdotes about ourselves that have become embedded in our head, we will greatly benefit as we will be able to identify and address the parts of our story that we've become overly attached to and that may therefore be thwarting our ability to live as full a life as possible. Take five. Hold your story lightly. Take a few minutes to consider what the main self-story in your own head is at the moment. Then, as you meander through this chapter and the rest of the day ahead, hold this story lightly and with interest. Are there certain snippets you could stand to loosen your grip on? Our inner voice. Whether we are conscious of it or not, most of us have an inner voice a voice that maintains an internal running commentary throughout our days, a constant form of self-talk or monologue. It's generally not in the soothing tones of David Attenborough, but even so, it is something most of us have. Sometimes this voice can be supportive and affirming, calming our anxieties and celebrating our wins. However, on other occasions, the internal chatter might be more negative, self-defeating, and even a bit of a bully. The inner voice is formed and influenced by both conscious and unconscious thoughts, beliefs, ideas, memories and experiences, as well as by evolution having provided us with a brain primed to detect risk. More on this in a moment. Take five. Listen to your inner voice. Take a few moments to reflect on how you've spoken to yourself so far today. If you're lucky, you'll have been kind and gentle. Many of us, however, often find that we aren't all that nice to ourselves, judging and criticizing ourselves a lot more than we would others. Now consider how are you speaking to yourself in this moment? maybe even about your self-talk discoveries just now. An introduction to thinking traps. The human brain has upwards of 60,000 thoughts a day, and many of these can be doubtful and discouraging. Go easy on your mind for not spending the day in a bubble of positivity, though, as negatively framed thoughts are perfectly natural, and more than that, they even serve a function, or at least they used to. Viewing the world through a pair of rose-tinted glasses would have left cavemen and women open to a whole host of issues back in the day. You and I may not have been around to write and listen to this book if our ancestors had believed in the inherent goodness of, let's say, an approaching saber-toothed tiger. You see, our brains are primed to be slightly sceptical. So be on the lookout for such threats. And it is this scepticism that has enabled our species to both survive and thrive. The snag in the survival mechanism is that the world as we now know it has evolved at a much faster rate than our brains can keep up with, which means that our primordial instincts are still present, even now that the original threats, such as dangerous wild animals, are not. In trying to protect us, our mind can, ironically, end up caging us in by unnecessarily amplifying the perceived risks around all sorts of situations. In psychology, these thought cages are called thinking traps 
or cognitive distortions. In short, they are habitual errors in thinking. Most people will find themselves in a loop of cognitive distortion from time to time. This causes a negative bias in the interpretation of events, a distortion of reality that can trigger feelings of pessimism and, in some cases, depression. But the good news is that once we recognise a cognitive distortion, it is entirely possible to do something about it. There is a saying amongst neuroscientists that neurons that fire together, wire together. This means that the more a certain thought pattern occurs in your brain, the stronger and more ingrained the pattern becomes. However, once we are able to spot a distortion in how things are firing and wiring in our brain, we have the capacity to rewire things and establish new patterns. In the case of negative self-talk, by speaking to ourselves in a kinder, more affirming way. In other words, with some dedication to changing our self-talk, we can eventually change the way our brain fires. This ability for change within the brain is known as neuroplasticity. In the same way that a scratch on the hand regenerates new tissue, the elasticity of the brain makes it possible to rewire connections of neurons to adapt helpfully under pressure. However, only when we are willing to both recognise and address the distortions that skew our thinking can we begin to create distance from the thoughts themselves, think more objectively and start to instigate the change. This may sound all very well in theory, but how can we begin to put it into practice with a simple three-step method? 1. Notice. Identify a thought or a feeling that is creating tension within you. 2. Explore. Bring in some curiosity. Ask questions such as, what is this thought or feeling about? What function does it serve? Is this reaction historical? 3. Realign. Try to differentiate between what is thought, what is feeling, and what is true. Ask questions such as, if a loved one had this thought or feeling, what words of comfort would you offer them? Can you offer yourself the same empathetic understanding? Don't worry if this feels a little woolly at the moment. It should start to make more sense once you see examples in action in the pages that follow in relation to each of the types of thinking traps that we will explore. Types of thinking trap. There is a range of different types of thinking traps or cognitive distortions, as recognised by Dr. Aaron Beck and popularised by Dr. Daniel Amen. It is worth knowing about these and looking out for them within your own thought patterns so that you can start to alter, move past or heal them. These include fortune telling, mind reading, shudding, blaming, black and white thinking, emotional reasoning, catastrophizing, personalizing, fortune telling. We all have expectations for the future and make predictions about how we are likely to feel if these expectations do or do not come to fruition. However, the thinking trap known as fortune telling involves going beyond having expectations into the realms of negative predictions. 
This means that when we have a thought that something bad is going to happen, we take it as fact. The thinking trap of fortune telling can sound like, nothing will ever work out for me. I'll be alone forever. I'll make a fool of myself. Example. A romantic relationship that I've been in has come to an end. 1. Notice. I'm upset and the subconscious process of fortune telling is making me think that I'm bound for a life alone. I'll never meet anyone else. Love isn't real and the only person I can rely on is myself. 2. Explore. Do these seem like truths based on what has happened? Or might they be cognitive distortions? What feelings might these thoughts be attempting to shield me from? Maybe grief or loneliness? Have I worried about these things before? What are the potential benefits of believing these thoughts right now, if any? 3. Realign. Take a moment to breathe. What I'm experiencing right now is painful. It's difficult not to read further into the situation when the emotion I'm experiencing is so heavy. What is it that I really need right now? It's likely I need reminding of those I have around me. Can I offer this to myself in some way? Get Fit Guy is a quick and dirty tips podcast. It's audio engineered by Nathan Sems with script editing by Adam Cecil. Our operations and editorial manager is Michelle Margulis. Our assistant manager is Emily Miller. And our marketing and publicity assistant is Davina Tomlin. There's a moment you realize you're ready for what's next in your career. Maybe it's when you're trying a new scone recipe and think, I could open a cafe. Or maybe you're helping a coworker and say, I could teach a course on this. Whatever your moment is, it's never too early to plan for a career that lives longer. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. For skills training, resume tips, and job listings, visit aarp.org work. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Yeah, the charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed.